Some of you will know this, that I never used to be a fan of carol services. I mean, I just never used to be a fan of them. And um, I say this even in church leadership. When they allowed me into church leadership, I was still never a fan of uh, carol services. Uh, I, I couldn't somehow separate them from the glitz of all the shopping stuff that went on. But you'll be pleased to... Uh, but by the way, but if that is you... I understand, all right? If you're here under sufferance, I understand. I thank you so much for coming. But I've had a change of heart. Well, you'll be pleased to know that. Otherwise, you'll be wondering what I'm doing here. I, I, I find this really sets the scene. I, I just love this. Carol services, three on one day. I just, it's brilliant. It's Christmas. I mean, it just starts for me at this point. It's like, that's how, I love it. Thirteen days ago, I was standing in the lounge of my son-in-law and daughter's house, holding their child. You can do better than that, can't you? That's better. um, His name is Joshua, and he's our most recent grandchild. And I'm holding him at a time when it's only a matter, matter of hours old. A brigadier once said to Winston Churchill, Winston, uh, have I told you about my grandchildren? To which he replied, no, you haven't. And I'm extremely grateful to you for not doing so. You, you know, you look, at this, you look at this child, you hold this child in your arms and you, you wonder... What will these fingers write, or um, how will they be used? Where, where will these little feet, where will they go? You, you look at this child and you ask the question, what, what will he become? What will he become? And you, you just can't help thinking it. And then I suppose there's all the years that, Go on in their life. Uh, Nicky Gumbel was saying at a church in his church in Holy Trinity, Brompton, had somebody who uh, often went to these uh, events for older people. And on one particular event, there was a lady there of 104 years old. And uh, he said to her, What's the best part of being 104? And she replied, No peer pressure. Just, just. So in the accounts that we've read, it's, it's clear, it's absolutely clear, the birth of Jesus is, is not just about what he will become, it's about what we will become. That's the important thing. So in verses uh, 10 to 11 on Luke chapter 2, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy. There will, that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. My friends, you know, before we get too nostalgic about newborn babies and all the rest of it, which we can do at this time of year, I think we have to ask a couple of questions. And I think the first question is, is it true? I mean, why all this? Is it true? I think that's a fair question to ask. And the second one is, if it is, what does it mean? 
What does it mean? Is it true, you know, in Roman times, messengers came and they always brought news. They didn't make news, they brought news. And the angels are heaven's messengers. And I, I bring you good news. News is about what has happened. It is about what has been accomplished. That's why you won't find the words, and, and all of these readers came up, you won't find the words once upon a time. It doesn't happen here. That's for myths and legends and fairy tales. You won't find that line. Whatever you do, please, I do ask you, don't categorize Jesus with a line like that. It doesn't hold water. Seriously. Seriously. I mean, I do ask you this. There's too much evidence for his life. If you've never considered it, I just want you to know too much evidence for his life. It's grounded in historical fact from all sorts of historians. One expert documented 39 ancient historical sources that corroborated more than 100 facts concerning Jesus' life, teachings, crucifixion, and resurrection. Is it true? It's an important question to ask. That's why you find Luke in particular writes of rulers and events and times and names. Why does he write names out so, so frequently? Because they're eyewitnesses. And if you want to, check it out. That's what you would do with a historical document. Is it true? Well, check it out. It'll stand up to scrutiny. Amy or Ewing. She lives near here. She's written a book. I think the book is called, Is It, is it Real? And she writes of a man who gave a short account of why he was a Christian at his baptism. And he explained that to his horror, his wife, a year before, over a year before, had become a Christian. And he thought she was brainwashed. And he quizzed her about her beliefs. And he went on and on and on. He said, what on earth attracts you to the church in this day and age? What, did it, what do you mean a personal relationship with God? And when she told him she was going to pray regularly... He decided that over that course of the year, he would write down what she prayed and when. And at the end of the year, he would show her the book and all the blank pages of unanswered prayer. There was a little tension as he was explaining this at his baptism. And, uh, and then he explained that at the end of the year, he had a book filled with prayers on one side and answers on the other, except for one page. And that was for his acceptance of Jesus Christ. He was so shocked as he read through this book that he decided to investigate the claims of Christianity and found himself intellectually convinced. But more than that, if it's just a head thing, it, it was more than that. He found not only was it intellectually convincing, but actually it was meaningful to his life. You know, one person said to me, and they've been on an Alpha course, and an Alpha is um, a number of evenings where you look into the whole matter of the meaning of life from a Christian perspective. This person said, at least I understand 
why you believe. Another one said to me, do you know what, Neil? I was embarrassingly ignorant about Christianity. Well, join the club, so was I many years ago. So, is it true? My goodness me. You need to look at the facts if you've never done that. I really would encourage you to do that. Secondly, what does it mean? So today, in the town of David, a savior has been born. What does it mean? Bob Geldof, the initiator of Live Aid, and recently the aid for the Ebola crisis, he is the author of Is That It? And I heard that in an interview, he admitted to a, you know, a terrifying restlessness. And the interviewer asked him, is your life fulfilled? And he snorts with laughter. He says, no, not at all. And he thumps his chest. He says, I don't know what that means. I'm unfulfilled as a human being. Otherwise, why are these large holes here? A savior has been born to you. The humanist, Marganita Lasky, was debating with a Christian on TV. And she said, what I envy about you Christians is your forgiveness. And then she said, and in a a moment of just exposed openness, she said, I have no one to forgive me. Surely, if humans are flawed, and we know we are, why do we strap out that line, no one's perfect? Why do we do that? Because we know we aren't. Uh, if, If we know we're flawed, and we are, do you know, I would expect the solution to come from God and not from us. But what a way to come. So approachable, so vulnerable, so understanding. Do you know, it makes sense. If you want to relate to a horse, you'd come as a horse. If you want to relate to an ant, you'd come as an ant. If you want to relate to people, a human being, you become one. He knows. A Savior has been born to you. He can change your life. Last year I mentioned about the personal story of Lillian. And she was a member here at King's with a, her husband, Vincent. And she found the words of the angel absolutely, a savior has been born to you. And, but her husband had a remarkable story too. He was caught up in all the genocide in Rwanda in 1994. He had to flee for his life. He lost Everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. He lost it all. Even in neighboring countries where he was trying to stay safe, he was hounded. He felt nothing but hatred and bitterness for the Hutus who had had come after him, were persecuting and hounding him. When his wife Lillian became a follower of Jesus Christ... He just saw a remarkable change in her. And he was stunned. This woman just lit up. This was a different woman to the one he'd married. 
She radiated happiness and joy and peace. A Savior has been born to you. It got him thinking. He said, it was like living with an angel. I tell you, my wife's never said that about me. But it was, it was like living with an angel. You know, one night, he sat with her and he asked her if she would be with him as he prayed to receive this Savior, Jesus Christ. And as he began to pray, he began to feel the love of Jesus to him. Vincent, who had believed Muhammad to be a prophet, encountered Jesus for himself as both a prophet and a friend. And he forgave those who tried to take his life. And as he did so, all the bitterness and the anger dropped off him. And Vincent, like his wife Lillian, and like many people here I know in Kings, had a new beginning and a new start to his life. Christmas is about Advent. It's about new beginnings. I don't know what's gone on in your life. Life is hard. Life is really tough. I have no romantic notions about that. I tell you, I know it's hard. Eh, some of the things that you are going through. I want to pray for you today. And you might want to join me as I pray for a new beginning. For whatever circumstance you're facing in your life. For wherever you are, I want to pray for new beginnings. An advent for you. It may be the first time you've ever done this. But if it is, and you say, I would like that, just quietly join with me as I pray. Lord Jesus, I want to take a moment to speak to you. We want just not to know about you, we want to know you. Because you know all about us, but we want to know you. I thank you that you love me so much. This is you. Just quietly pray this. Jesus, you came to live on this earth to die, to be raised to life for me. I now turn away from the things that spoil my life. I ask you to come to me tonight, to live in me tonight. Just as you were born that first night, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, be born in me today. Come and fill my life with all your goodness and your kindness. Be with me forever, I pray. Amen.